Hey guys, it's Andy. And it's Naya. And we're back. Today we're going to talk about the government shutdown. All 25 days of it. The new Democratic candidates for uh, 2020 president. And also the gun control debate. Good God. <laughs> it's going to be pretty crazy. <laughs> so come on in. Shut the door. And join, join the, the conversation. conversation. Okay. Shut the door. Alright, so today is January 16th. Yes. We are 25 days, 18 hours and 13 minutes and 44 seconds into this government shutdown. <laughs> not, not, you know, not that you're counting. Uh, no, I am counting. <laughs> this is by several days now the longest government shutdown that we've had in this country. Mm-hmm. Like, this is causing real issues. For sure. Like, not just in the economy, like in actual people's lives, right? So, I just learned today um, that as we're 25 days into the shutdown, Trump is requiring 50,000 people to come back to work without pay. Who are these people? TSA like, workers. So, like, as of, like, last week, there are TSA, and not just TSA workers, but there's all other type of government workers that he's requiring to come back to work, the ones that are essential or considered essential. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you heard, but... Like, Miami had to shut down one of its airport terminals because so many TSA workers were calling out sick. Now, here's why I didn't understand about the government shutdown. Like, I don't want to say I didn't understand. I didn't think about it, like, all the way, right? Right. So, when people go to work they during the shutdown, these essential workers are not actually getting paid. Cool. Right. But what I didn't really think about is not like, cool though. No, 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 no. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me clarify. Yes. I mean, cool as in fact, I understand. understand. <laughs> not cool as in I'm cool with that. Oh my. Thank I, you. And I knew no, that. No. Yeah. Clarify. Sure Thank you. Know. Thank you for catching me. Um, people have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. People still got to eat. People still got to pay their car payments. Child support. I was reading because apparently last week was the first week where they didn't get paid. Like it was timing wise. And there are people who are not going to be able to pay child support. And if you don't pay child support, then your license can be revoked, which means you can't drive. Your driver's license? Yes. Wow. Which means in like a state like ours in Florida where you have to drive around because we're just that kind of state, you can't drive. Plus, you might be homeless in a couple of months if this goes on for much longer because you can't pay your rent. And if he's asking these 50,000 people to come back to work, they got to pay daycare. So I'm like, what are you, what? Because if you have to go to work, where's your children going to be? Right. Wow. I know you got thoughts. I see you. (laughs) So, and I know that you wanted to talk about how it impacts the people. Well, yeah. And I think that that's huge because, you know, you can't, as non-government workers, we can't really appreciate the struggles that these people are having because we're still getting our paychecks. Right. But, but these people are definitely, I I think I heard on the news um, a few days ago, you know, that the, the gov- government workers are not, like, wealthy. You know, they're, no. like, they're working class. or, or The TSA workers yeah. are making, from what I heard, an average of $45,000 a year. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's that's not a lot. That's, it's not. That's a living paycheck-to-paycheck kind of salary. Absolutely. So, you know, the fact that I can't fully appreciate because I don't, I'm not experiencing it myself, um, I know that it's, 
impacting people. I, I happen to have a friend who works for the government up in up in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and this friend of mine, I think, is really frustrated. I'm not sure if, obviously frustrated, who's not? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm not sure if they're financially struggling. Okay. I don't know sure. yeah. their financial situation, right. but I believe that this person is definitely... Um, thinking that the, that the Democrats should cave in and fund the wall. Okay. And and I can kind of understand that because, you know, whatever. Let's just do what we have to do to get the government open. Mm-hmm. But, but, but the thing, like, the political side of it, though, is that we know that the House has the votes to reopen the government. Right. We know that the Senate has the votes to reopen the government. Yeah. What's not happening is Mitch McConnell will not take it to a vote, Okay. take it to the floor to vote. Mm-hmm. And we know he's only doing that because Donald Trump, he knows Donald Trump will not sign it. So I don't know about you, but if I have a little toddler over here screaming because he can't have a piece of cake, I'm not just going to give him a piece oh, of cake. Oh, fact. Um, just so that the rest of the house can be happy. Um, or Meaning not happy, but shut the toddler up. And no, hold on. Shut the toddler up. For now. For now. For exactly. now. Exactly. Exactly. And so, like... And the toddler so... in this imagery is Trump. Oh, absolutely. Did we do... Okay, cool. <laughs> if there was ever any doubt. <laughs> so, you know, and I get that people are saying, you know, frustrated with both the Democrats and the Republicans, but the Democrats and the Republicans are both for reopening the government. The only people that are not are Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. And I think Mitch McConnell wants to open the government, but he is... Too much of a coward. He's like Donald Trump's puppet, which is, you know, taking it back a few years when Obama was in office, they would throw, you know, legislation at Obama all the time, mm-hmm. knowing that he wouldn't sign mm-hmm. it. But he's not willing to do that with Donald Trump, even though I'm, I would, I believe that he wants to reopen the government. But he sure. does not want to bring a vote to the floor mm-hmm. if nobody's, if, if Donald Trump, Trump is not going to support it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I know that it's hard for people, and yeah, I can't appreciate how difficult it is for people not getting their paychecks. Mm-hmm. And I feel really bad. I want to mm-hmm. like, I want to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Um, okay, can do you mind? Are, are you still mid thought? I'm just, I'm all over the place. So <laughs> I Here, your input. I have a couple of things. Right, I was watching Vice News. I love watching. Like it just is that gives the me guy a who talks really fast. I don't think it's a guy. Vice News, like, I don't know, it's on HBO and I find it on YouTube all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's any one particular person. Like, they, it's a lot of interviewers interviewing people. But they were interviewing these, uh, correctional officers because those two are individuals who are not getting paid. Federal correctional officers, Mm -hmm. the people who are in the jails. (laughs) Oh, wow. One of, the, one of the fellows that was being interviewed has picked up a side hustle as an Uber driver. Okay. He's a Republican. He voted for Trump. And he also feels like the Democrats should just be like, pay the, is it $5.8 billion or $5.7 billion. Just agreed to do that. And I, and I hear that. And I, you know, like you said, just give the toddler the cookie and shut him up for now, I guess. But I'm confused because this toddler was like, Mexico is going to pay for it. And like, right. he like legit, I, I don't understand why all of a sudden it's on the Democrats. Right. And I, I read last week that apparently he was denying that he ever said Mexico was going to pay for it. <gasps> I did hear him say, I never said they were just going to, like, write a check I'm to confused. build the wall. But then I'm there's, like, quotes of him saying, 
they can make a one-time payment yeah. for the wall of five to ten billion dollars. You remember him saying? <laughs> I mean, rally after rally after rally after rally. That was like, I don't, that was the foundation. Mexico right. is going to pay for the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. And in addition, when when he was meeting with Chuck and Nancy, he was proud to take Just, the mantle if the mm-hmm, government shut down. Mm-hmm, he was. But all of a sudden now. But I struggle still. I struggle. And I wish. I, I remember telling you I wanted you to listen to this podcast called, I think it was Embedded. Is that the one I wanted you to listen to? The yes, one about the coal series? Did you listen to the one about the coal series? I did. About the people who voted for him. And, and, and he said he was going to bring um, bring back like life to the to the minds mm-hmm. and he hasn't but these people are still they're still supporting and hoping for um him to fulfill his campaign promises like i don't understand like what is it going to take we, we can sit here and continue blaming each other there's one dude there's one dude saying no he went to nancy was like are you gonna agree to pay for the wall she was like no and he was like okay shut down still on this is the dude who said Mexico would pay for it. I don't understand why it's a Democrat's issue and why we're blaming the Democrats for not coming to the table when it's just one man. Yeah. It's not like it's the whole Republican segment of the government who are against this. I, I, I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm struggling. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I can't help but think of the analogy about the toddler because, and I think that it's so common nowadays anyway, when their toddler's whiny, they just give them what they want. Yeah. That's just how people are now. So all of these people, granted, they want to be able to pay their bills. They just want the government open. They need open. to be so able they just to pay want their to bills. Pay, they just want to give this toddler what he wants so that they can move on with their life. Fact, so if I was about to be homeless, I'd be feeling the same way. Honestly, if and I don't have kids, but if I had kids and it was about me and my kids being on the street in a couple of months, I, I kind of would be feeling the same way. But you can't look just at the Democrats. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I agree 100%. And what's interesting is my uh, friend up in D.C. claims to be a Democrat. I don't know. I've We're Facebook friends, and I've seen conflicting, okay. you know, perspectives on things. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, you are a Democrat. Huh? <laughs> um, so, but when, when I saw this message, I was just like, okay, so you're a Democrat. You did think one party was responsible for it. Now you think both parties are responsible for it. And in reality, I don't think either party is responsible for it. I think one person Agreed. is responsible for Agreed. it. Because I think Mitch McConnell would totally push that through that vote through if he knew Donald Trump would sign it. Why he, he should push it through and then all of the onus is it's 100% on, on Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah. And so, you know, I just don't, I don't understand what is this blind loyalty to this dude? I don't know. But anyway, that's, to- we're, I'm, that will derail us 100%. <laughs> but, but yeah. Can it's, I go back to the wall real quick though? Yeah. I also read this on the Washington Post where Trump is talking about how they are flooding or they're running through <laughs> the borders down in Mexico and that's the reason we have to have a wall. Well, there was a study that the Washington Post had pulled up where it's, it seemed like most of the, or the crossings are happening at the airports. Like people actually going, it's not even the border or they're coming through the border at the checkpoints. You know, it, it's a false sense of security 
that we're looking to pay $5.8 billion on and we're making pe- we're, we're cutting into people's pockets and into the way they live their life and their security and being able to feed their children. Yes. Ooh, oh, I my have goodness. something big. Go. Two big things. Okay. I'm afraid I'll forget one, but I'm going Say to... Say them both and then okay. we'll come back to one it. One is about the people coming through the southern border okay. and what's so horrible about it. Okay. And then also about them taking Americans' jobs. Okay. 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 All right. So first, them coming through the border. The people coming to the southern border yeah. are coming to seek asylum. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Which, from what I understand, is... 100% legal. Right. They are not crossing the border illegally. Right. They're coming to seek asylum. Mm-hmm. They're trying to save their own lives, their children's lives. It's not like they're coming in right. and like invading our country. That's not to say it doesn't happen sometimes, but no, I, would, I gr- would put money on like 90%, the majority of, I, I don't know the percentage, right. the majority of the people that are coming, this so-called caravan are coming to seek asylum, mm-hmm. which is not illegal. Right. So. Get it, girl. That is something mm. that... um People don't talk about. Right. And I think that, you know, they're like, oh, the caravan, the caravan. These people are trying to come here legally. Mm -hmm. They're trying. They're Mm -hmm. trying to take the necessary Mm -hmm. steps. And that's the only thing they can do. So. Very good. They're using, they're utilizing the laws and the system that's in place to seek asylum, which is legal, but he's calling them criminals before they even. Right. Arrive. Okay. Yep. I'm with you. So I'll step off of that. Mm -hmm. So fast. And I'm going to go ahead and jump on the other one. Get it. Um, I happened to see a tweet from the Donald um, <laughs> okay. a few days ago, uh-huh. and I, I, I don't, I'm not good with the terminology. Is it an H-1B visa? I don't know that one. Um, it's when people from other countries can come to our country to work. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah like a work visa. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, he's like, rest assured, you know, we're going to give you a clear path. You know, you're going to be able to stay here and get really good jobs and a path to citizenship and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh. I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying, oh, it's okay for people from other countries to come here and take the jobs that Americans actually want. Mm-hmm. But then the people coming from the southern border mm-hmm. who are coming here willing to do the jobs that no that American wants, because mm-hmm. Americans are generally mm-hmm. lazy. Sure. They don't want to do the manual labor. Sure. When sure. I say lazy, I mean General. manual yeah. labor. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're talking like the, the, the farm hands and the whatever. Yes. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know who's willing to do it? Right. For a lot less money sure. than an American? Sure. Is the people coming across that southern mm-hmm. border. The people coming from Europe or, or wherever, Asia or, anywhere yeah. mm-hmm. on these work visas are coming to take the good jobs. Yep. They're coming to be engineers and, and doctors and, yep. and all Healthcare. kinds of really yep. good jobs that could potentially take away money from American people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be able to come here. No, and but I'm just that's saying, the what's thing. What's the rationale? But listen, it, are you are we back to trying to make this make sense? <laughs> I'm confused. I'm so confused. No rationale, boo. Yeah, like none. No, that's stupid. But that's but that's if you can talk loud enough and talk all the time using like basically just spewing lines. If you're talking to a group of the population, and sometimes that population includes myself. I'm being honest. Right who isn't fact-checking this stuff, you can easily deceive the masses. Absolutely. Which is what this dude does. Yeah. That's what he does. He's like, if I just say it loud enough and long enough, someone and enough people are going to believe me. Yeah. I remember a while back after he got elected, somebody, like some psychologist or something was saying some, like kind of sharing about studies when somebody's in your face and they're, you know, when they're being talked about all the time and when they're saying things, when they're telling lies over and over and over again, they somehow seem like fact. Mm-hmm. And it works for him. 
I think it might be working less, but I don't think it's working enough. Enough less. less. Yeah. It's So we've had some announcements for the for Democratic presidential candidates recently. Several. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a long... I can already feel it right now. It's going to be a long two years. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> <laughs> we'll save the best for last. Oh, my goodness. Um. Okay. So I'm looking at this Rolling Stones article... And it's listing people who have announced and people who haven't necessarily announced. That they're running for president. But that, yeah, or for 2020, Democrat uh-huh. can- candidates will be starting a-, a campaign. So they have number one, they have Kamala Harris. Yeah. That's your girl. I know that's your girl. Um, number two, they have Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. God bless. Number th- <laughs> <laughs> number three, they have Sherrod Brown. He's a senator from Ohio. So Kamala hasn't actually announced, FYI, right? As of today, um, Elizabeth Warren has awkwardly announced. Actually, her announcement wasn't that awkward. Right, yeah, the little press conference, the press conference was actually nice. It, it was. was. It was a sweet little, you know. With her uh, dog and something. her husband. Yeah, but then the. Then it got weird. Yeah. That Instagram <laughs> video. Okay, and then number four, they have Beto. Be- Beto? Beto. Beto. He has not announced, but apparently, um, like, he's. Well, he's, he was a big hit. Interna- not internationally. Nationally, yeah. he was a big hit. In his run for senator of, of Texas. Okay. So. And then number five they have, who hasn't announced, is my dude, Joe Biden. Yeah. Love me some Joe Biden. <laughs> but like, I don't know why he hasn't announced yet, but that's okay. And then number six, they have Bernie Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> if folks are still feeling the burn. And then Christina Gillibrand follows Amy. Kristen Amy, Gillibrand. Is Amy Klobuchar in there? Yeah. As number eight. I really like her. I don't I don't even know who she is. Do you remember in the Kavanaugh hearings when they were asking, well, there were many questions about, you know, his drinking habits. Yeah. And he goes, when she asked him <gasps> about drinking, he goes, I don't know. What do you, you like to drink? Yes. And she says, he's like, how much, how much do you drink? And she's like, I don't have a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. That's her. That's her. Okay. She's so composed. Uh-huh. She's very pointed with her questions with towards him. Uh-huh. Um, but remained composed when he was attacking her, which I thought was really good. I like her a lot. I like her. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't know enough about her as far as like, but from what you saw, but she's impressive. Yeah. Okay. Then number nine, they have Julian, Julian, excuse me for all my Spanish speakers out there. Julian Castro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he did announce Mm -hmm. he's number nine on this list. And then number 10, they have is Cory Booker. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you have anyone who's not on the list, but if we were to rank your top three, who would they be? 
Top three would be Kamala Harris. Okay. Number one. Mm-hmm. She's number one for me. Number two would be Elizabeth Warren. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gosh, she's so... In all her awkwardness. All her awkwardness. And number three would be Joe Biden. That's my top three. Okay. I think you and I share the same top three, except for, like, I got to flip mine. Okay. Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Kamala, and then Elizabeth Warren. What about Bernie? Okay. Bernie is a strong five. Okay. So I don't even have a, a four seat. Because you and I both felt the burn. Oh, in absolutely. Yeah. I in So in the primaries, I voted for Bernie Sanders. So I mean, did I? Yeah. And then he didn't get the nomination. Correct. And so I voted for Hillary. But he was definitely my first choice. Mm-hmm. He's fallen slightly in that Joe Biden is in the... the well, he's not <laughs> like, officially. He's not. Do you not think he's going to run? I don't know. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. But I thought he was going to in 2016. Did you really? Well, Against I don't Hillary? know. I think, yeah, I, I think he, if his son hadn't passed away, yeah. I think that that was very poor timing for him. For sure. Uh, but if his son hadn't passed away, I think he would have totally run. So I, I we talked about on this podcast before that I'm not necessarily a fan of McCain's daughter. What is her name? Megan. Megan, yeah. But the, you know, like, she's trife, but the way she talks about Joe Biden being there for her when her dad died. Yeah. I mean, the dude is wild and sensitive and crazy and practical and psychotic and fantastic. Like, I mean, like, he's all, he's just this wild character who can't be contained, but I feel like he has a lot of obviously experience. He's very sensible and he really does care about this country. Yes, he's a career politician, but I think there's a lot of cool things about him. And then he's like a wild man. He's a more like they call him um, middle class Joe or something. Oh, do they right? really? Or, or I don't know if that's the right term, mm-hmm. but they call him that because he was never, you know, the highfalutin politician. And I believe it. Yeah. And he keeps it real, which I think is also why he's so relatable. And on top of that, because he is all of those things you just mm-hmm. said, that's what would make him the perfect person to oppose Trump. Trump. I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay. And so, oh, go ahead. No, go. I, I mean, I would definitely. I think the only reason he's number three for me right now uh-huh. is his age. If he wasn't, if he was younger, he would be number one for me. Are you afraid of him dying in office? No, I'm just afraid. Um, I guess afraid isn't the right word. My concern is. I don't think he will be as relatable to young people in our country. And I think that we have, we're at this point mm-hmm. where there's a lot of young people who are coming of age who can now vote, who need somebody who is younger that they can feel because it's all about the feelings now. It's not about the, the it's, facts. Yeah, it's true. They need to feel like they can relate to someone. They're not going to be able to relate to a, what is he, 79? 76. 76. 76, yeah. They're not going to be able to relate to a 76-year-old. They're going to be able to relate to a Kamala Harris. Right. They're going to be able to relate to a Beto O'Rourke. Right. Um, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, not so relatable. But the thing about those two is that they call it like they see it. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, and they got their heads on, I mean, mostly straight. Sure. <laughs> You know, no, like I do. They, I know what you they mean. They really want to hold people accountable mm-hmm. and companies accountable, and they want they want this country to work for everyone, not just for you know the rich. Let me ask you something though. You talk about the young people. Um, 
obviously you're talking about young Democrats. Correct. Right? Because they would be the ones who need to come out and vote. Are they coming out and voting? Do you think they're going to come out? I think that if there is somebody young and relatable, they will. They will. Yeah. But that's the interesting thing about Bernie Sanders, right? Is he brought out so many young voters. So many. So... I don't know. And he's the oldest guy he's out there. He's dead. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The man has been dead for centuries. I I love Bernie Sanders. And I, I say that very affectionately that he's been dead. But he really does know how to invigor Because I think he feels it. Yeah. That's why he'd probably be a really good, like, uh... I don't even want to say running mate, but I would say like a campaign manager or somebody like a, a hype somebody. man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is so good yeah. at sending out the message that yeah. he wants to send out. And, you know, he's really good at that. I don't think he would be productive as a president. I don't think people would work with him similar mm. to how nobody's working with Donald Trump. Mm. Well, the Democrats. Donald Trump isn't also working with anybody, but okay, I'm correct, with you. Correct. I'm with but you. just like how a lot of like, there was so much opposition to Barack Obama mm-hmm. that, you know, the Republicans refused right. to work with him his last couple of years in office, right? Uh-huh. So I think that that would have been the case for Bernie Sanders his entire term. So who of your three people are the Republicans going to work with? Well, they're not going to work with anybody. Oh, well, then, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so then what? So the point is moot. Yeah. <laughs> what makes Kamala your chick then? Like, why do you stand behind her? I, she just, she, you, you know, like, the thing about her that I love mm-hmm. is that she's very direct. Very. And she knows, she's like that really good mom who can just look at you and, and all of a sudden you cower. Mm-hmm. I also don't think she's afraid of looking like a strong woman. Actually, Which I know she's Which is beautiful. Not. Right, right. And... You know, that's something that Hillary Clinton struggled with yeah. because she was trying to find this balance of presenting herself as somebody who was strong, mm-hmm. yet sensitive, mm-hmm. yet approachable and relatable. When in reality, the only thing she was was a strong woman. She was not relatable. She should have owned it. Yeah. She should have owned it. And instead she was trying to be, mm-hmm. she was trying to present herself as something mm-hmm. she wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that, but I think Kamala is like, she's comfortable she's in comfortable. her skin. Yeah. That chick is comfortable in her skin. And I like that. And you know, same goes for Elizabeth Warren. She's as awkward as hell, but boy, she's okay. She's comfortable in it, I think. And she does she's it not. all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> not in the same way comfortable. I Because you, she, I think she can, I don't know. <laughs> that, the Instagram video was just so weird. Okay, I want to get to that, but I want to see on Kamala for half a second. Okay. I really do think that of the two women, I think Kamala has a better chance of literally destroying Trump. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said, she's comfortable in her skin. She's not going to let anybody make her flinch. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I really do think she would be the one to make Donald Trump feel small. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I think she has the ability of literally being, of like putting him in a place. Yeah. In a way that isn't necessarily combative. You know, I think she could be, or she will be combative. But I think I, more like what you're saying, that look. Well, Combative in a very professional, professional way. way. Like mm-hmm. she's not going to be combative by calling him, you know, you know, President Clown, face right, or right. what, whatever, Mr. you know, somebody Chico might President. call. Him. Yeah, <laughs> that was very good. I it's like true. that. I haven't I, heard it's that. It's not one. mine. It's not mine. Um, but something you said just kind of reminded me of things that I've been reading lately. You know, uh, 
Nancy Pelosi just recently became Speaker mm-hmm. of the House, and there's been a lot of talk about how Donald Trump won't give her a nickname. Mm-hmm. Really? He has not given her a nickname. He gives everybody a nickname. Uh-huh. When he talks about Chuck and Nancy, yes. it's crying Chuck and Nancy. Nancy never gets. Ooh, so what do you think nickname. that is? He feels threatened by her, uh-huh. as he should. As he should. But yes. he has given Elizabeth Warren nickname Pocahontas. Oh, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. Kamala Harris has talked enough trash. I'm surprised that I have not heard of a that's nickname for her. That's a strong woman, though. Which. I believe also shows that he probably feels threatened by her. You're probably right. Which yeah. I think makes her also a very strong contender because of that. I think when he when he does not come up with a nickname for you, that's yeah. when you know you've got him. Yeah, yeah. And Nancy Pelosi's got him. I think Kamala. Now Kamala Harris isn't you know as big a name as Nancy Pelosi really mm-hmm. right now, so that could change. He talks trash about everybody, and I have not heard him give her a nickname. So. Can, I, can I tell you something I heard today? So what I did not know about the State of the Union is that the president has to be invited to the House. You know where I'm going with this. this. You know where I'm going with this. I didn't. Uh-huh. The president has to be invited to the House by the Speaker, which is who? Nancy Pelosi. Which is who? Nancy Okay. And she said, she sent a thing to him and was like, listen, I think we should reschedule. Right? And then said, if you want to submit a written something, something, I can't remember, like you can send it written, but you like basically you're not invited to the house. Then I saw a video. Did you see this video? No. Someone was, one like an interviewer was asking her and she was like walking away. So the interview like stop, interviewer stopped her and said, um, well, how is the president going to give the state of the union? And she gave the most dismissive, over-the-shoulder response of, he could hold it in the Oval Office if he wants. And walked away. I was like, okay, Nancy. Like, I was so impressed. She was unbothered by him. Unbothered. Yeah. That is her territory. You come at my becking and you are not invited. Oh, I just, mm. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) Mm. Mm. She's, she's. She's a pretty impressive lady. Like, I just am shocked at how calm and composed she, she is, is dealing yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. Unfazed, yet he is going crazy. Mm. It makes me mm. so happy. She's, yeah, You, I've, I've been on the fence here and there about her in the past, but what I'm seeing as of late and how she's handling this whole shutdown, I have been impressed, mm-hmm. honest to God, because yeah. she's not going to give in to his trifling behavior, which I... I'm in awe. Like, I think that's really great because I think under different leadership, it could have gone a different way, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's Kamala. You're number one. You put your number two at Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Can I ask you the order you put them in? Does that mean who you think will defeat Trump or that's just who you like? Um, who I like. Okay. All right. I, not in order of who I like, but order of who I would vote. Who you, okay. Right. Who you would vote for. Because as far as like, Biden is number one as far as like who I like. Wait, but like seriously? I said, he's just old. That's wait, 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 but he he based on what you know of the three candidates, he's who you like more. Well, I know taking a little bit age more about more, him. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. So he's been around longer. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's his age that probably puts him at number three. Okay, but yeah, Elizabeth Warren is my number two, and that's just because she's um, she is always ready to fight. Oh, for sure. 
Guns blazing. And I think that that's something that we need. She also is not afraid to call it like she sees it. She just, like her Instagram post, is just so awkward and weird. But but I really do like her. I Um, thought it was really cute when she came out and did a press conference. I actually thought it was cute initially when she was like, hey, guys. We're going to make this a grass. This is on the Instagram post. She was like, hey, guys, we're going to make this the grassroots campaign. I never thought I would do this, but here I am. I'm proud to serve my country. And then literally the step out of frame, the I'm going to grab a beer. From then on, it got really weird because then yeah. she started counting the people who were on Instagram, which was like 12 people and calling them by name and then kind of rambling. And, and then, then thanking her husband for he- being there in his house. <sighs> Uh, so weird. It was awkward, but I really do think that was, I think she is awkward on Instagram, right? You know what I'm saying? That was, it was still authentically her. But, but in a way not. And this is like, you know, how we were just saying a few minutes ago, how that was something Hillary Clinton had a hard time with. She was trying to be, um, trying to present as something that she's not. Elizabeth Warren is not a social media expert. She needs to stay away. You know, if she's going to have social media posts, have somebody on her campaign designated for the social media right. stuff. She, she's not the person. Right. You know, she's trying to, you know, she saw how big Beto O'Rourke became from his Instagram or whatever social media right. posts he posted on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. She's huge on social media. Mm-hmm. And it's great because it helps them become relatable to the young people, right. to the young voters. And I think that's amazing. But for somebody as old as her, she's 69, I believe. And maybe he's not even as old as her. Maybe, like, if she, if that was a natural form for her, like, if she used it regularly. Let's be honest. If you're, if you're less than 35 years old. That's true. Social media is, like, or if you're, excuse me, if you're older than 35 years old. Right. Social media is not natural to you. If you're under 35, you're all over that all day. Your life is lived through social media. At almost 70 years old. She probably didn't even have an Instagram Until. like app on her phone. If she even, you know, knows mm-hmm. how to download an app on her phone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Give her some credit. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. like, it's not natural. Yeah. It's, you know, like, it's just not. So don't, don't try to, uh, like, be you. Yes. Be you, do you. Yes. Yeah, I think, and I think that's why Bernie has been successful, like we said before. He's himself. That's why, um, I think Kamal has been successful because she's being herself. When you are who, funny enough, Trump was successful because he was himself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you okay? No. You need a barf bag. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, be yourself, Elizabeth Warren. Be yourself. Yeah. I think that if she continues to do that, that will be her downfall. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Okay. So, like, the next two years are going to be intense. So, maybe, like, the next time we're talking about this we will be able to talk about maybe more the politics and what they're running on. Yeah. Um, Because I think that's really important. Like you said, right now, everyone's going on feelings. I am too. I... When don't we, though? Uh, true. You know? But I think also, like, the policies really do matter, right? Like, so we need to really understand what these people are about. Because, yes, I feel the burn. Body Body is my dude. Kamala is the dopest chick there is. But, like, what what are their policies? What are they fighting for? Yeah. Right. And I guess if you think about it, you know, people voted on based on their emotions for Trump. Um, And so, yeah, we need to definitely focus on the issues. Yeah.
never been more hopeful about our future. That something better awaits us. So long as we have the courage to keep reaching, to keep working, to keep fighting. So, you know I'm in charge of our social media accounts, right? <laughs> I do. Because yeah. I don't know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes I get a little carried away. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't take advantage of the fact that it's not me personally <laughs> typing that stuff. That, it's you the know, podcast. It's the podcast, <laughs> so I feel a little bit more liberty being mm-hmm. open and sharing my opinion. Mm-hmm. But yes, they are my opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I think that, um, you know, just based on some of our conversations, some of the things that I was saying, I think you would agree with, but feel free to like chime in and All right. I'm going to share this debate okay. that I had. All right. On our Twitter account <laughs> last month. Okay. I think it was last month. I don't know. It was a few weeks ago. So we were talking about gun control. Who's we? Me and you some and the other Twitter Okay. Whatever okay. they're called. Tweeters. Tweeters. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm no social media expert. I'm no Rudy Giuliani, you know. In this room you are. In this room you are. You and Rudy. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we were... The I don't even remember how the conversation started, but yeah. it got into it. It originated with a uh, tweet by David Hogg, who was one of the um, survivors of the shooting in South Florida. Okay, and at Marjorie Stoneman. Yeah, the school from, the, from Valentine's Day Dennis. last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So David Hogg had put out this tweet about the NRA, and okay. somebody commented, and I commented back, and anyway. It, turned into this big debate about guns and um, about how, you know, it's, you know, our Second Amendment. And, um, it you know, it's part of the Constitution. This is right. what it is. You know, right. you do this. This, yeah. is, this is how it is. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm pretty sure, you know, it wasn't meant for, like, AR-15s. Right. They were talking right. about how, you know, legal... Um, when I say they, I'm overgeneralizing because it was several people. Sure. And I don't know who they were. Right, 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 So, right. So when I say that, just some other people that were right. on there mm-hmm. when we were debating back and forth. They were saying, you know, legal gun, you know, I have a legal right to own these guns. Yeah. And I'm a responsible gun owner. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's fine. But all of these mass shootings that have happened were with guns that were purchased legally. Right. So whether or not you're a responsible gun owner is not identified by you just buying this gun legally. Right. So, you know, and it's just so, and I was like, give me one like logical reason. Right. Why you would need this. A a person on the streets Mm -hmm. who's not in the military Mm -hmm. needs an AR-15. Right. And this woman was like, well, first of all, it's not a military rifle. It's a civilian. It's a civilian gun. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Okay. Um, And I called it a. Semantics, um, but okay. I called it an assault rifle. Okay. And she corrected me and told me it was not an assault rifle, which I was like, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> but, but the reality is it shoots a ton of bullets, bullets in, in a very seconds. Short time. Yeah. yeah. It can do a lot of damage in a very short period of time, yeah. as we've witnessed, unfortunately, yeah. too many times. You know what people who do that, who like try to jump on one point and be like, you're wrong on this point, and so you're just totally wrong? That's a straw man argument. Like, you... You don't have nothing else to say. So you're going to be like, oh, it's not an assault rifle. Holy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, what is the fundamental issue? Continue. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. So I was like, well, give me one logical reason that, you know, that a civilian should have one of these guns. Mm -hmm. Um, And she gave, I'm trying to remember some examples, but one was target practice. 
For what? Him was to collect. For what? Right? I know. And there might have been another one. I, I don't think they said protection because I can't imagine that that, I mean, maybe, but like, I'm sorry, but you don't need, you don't need a gun like that for protection. If you, if you have a gun in your home to shoot an intruder, yes, you don't need an AR-15. I mean, obviously. So, you know, anyway, so I just don't understand the logic of these guns. I don't, and you know, if they want to sell them, fine, but they need to be more um, restrictive in who can have them because you can just buy them. To operate a vehicle, it requires extensive um, show of your ability to responsibly use this huge piece of machinery. Right. But you're telling me I can walk into a gun shop or a gun show or wherever? And, you know, one of the first things Donald Trump did when he became president was he lightened the restrictions on getting guns, allowing people with mental um, health issues, mental health issues to obtain guns. First of all, can I just say when I say mental health issues, like we all have mental health issues, right? But I mean, like, there's obviously people who... Who are medically treated for for mental health issues who, you know, for whatever reason, probably shouldn't have a gun. Right. You know, and that's not, doesn't, there's, why there doesn't even, need to be a stigma with that. You know, people have, agreed. you know, it's, it's not, it's like not anything else. You sure. Know? You know, you have. Cancer? Yeah. There, whatever it exactly. is. Yes. It could be anything. But, but if why you, are we debating? I don't even know why we're here trying to rationalize the use of these, whatever firearms you want to call them, that rapidly shoot out um, bullets that can kill a, a large number of people in a very short num- like amount of time. Right. I don't even know why we're debating that. Yeah, it doesn't it, make sense. Because I'm pretty wanna... sure those guns were not what they had in mind when they, you know, no. signed the Second Amendment. No! And, you, you know, like, you can take this as far as you want it. Like, the people who support the Second Amendment, they can. But the truth of the matter is there are people dying. You, you know, I'm like, is it, is it worth it, your collection? Is it worth the 17 children that were lost in, in South Florida a year ago? Is it worth your collection? Do you need it that bad? And it's like, nobody's trying to restrict you. No one's saying, like, guns off the street. You know what I'm saying? Right. Also, I don't know all the, the different terms for things, but you... I feel like people are so concerned about themselves. And I don't I don't know if, you know, I'm going to be referred to as a socialist or whatever but people are so concerned What's about wrong with that i don't even know anymore i don't know like i don't i don't even know is it a bad word or a good I, word it definitely has a bad connotation <laughs> but i don't think there's anything wrong with it personally. but like people are so concerned with themselves they're not even they're not even taking a minute to, to step back and take a beat and be like but what's happening right. when these people get a hold of these guns right like does that not matter to you like at all i'm going to be very um, one-sided on that question. Cool. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure that was a rhetorical question. It very much was. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but that's a Republican way of thinking. And I'm, I don't want to overgeneralize it, but that's, if you look at a lot of the Republican policy, it's, why are you doing this to me? Why can't I do this? Yeah. Don't tell me what I can do. Don't yeah. tell me what I can't do. Mm-hmm. Sure. But then when they don't agree with something, all of a sudden they want to tell you what you can and can't oh, do. Oh, absolutely. So we the snowflakes until they the snowflakes. Right. Like, right. You, please stop. Yeah. It's just tragic. Like, you know, just like you said, like, don't tell me I can't, you know, go to a Planned Parenthood for a screening of some sort no. because they may or may not perform an abortion. And if they know, do what? 
Right. Well, and if they do and, what? And that's none of your business. That's none of your business. Yet. Protect my AR-15. Yeah, I need to protect my gun. And, and, and whoever has yeah. this AR-15 can you shoot You're so concerned right? about life. That you don't want the abortion, and I'm not. I'm not here saying that I'm pro abortion or like you know, like I'm not. I'm pro you do you, mm-hmm. but you're so concerned about life, not the abortion for the unborn unborn child, but the seventeen babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bye. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really frustrating. You look at the Scandinavian countries and England, where like the number of guns that are on the street is just so small, and then the related murder rates that are associated with it. It's like. You don't want that? I know, right? Yeah. There was, um, God, what show was it? I think it was, it was the Daily Show, I think, with Trevor Noah. Okay. Um, he, some guy went out to some, some European country. Okay. I don't know where it uh-huh. was. But they were all like, they're all out in the shooting range shooting guns and they collect guns. Their, um, uh, rate of murder, murder. is like less than a tenth of a percent. And these people are out in the shooting range having a party with all these massive guns, even kids. They're drinking beer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, <laughs> they're like having a great time. Yeah. Yet there's never any issues because of, I don't know what, but right. it's just so crazy how we're so just kind of barbaric. No, for real. It's when tragic. It comes to guns. Seriously. Seriously. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know that. There's going to be much change in the near future, unfortunately. Whatever. I don't know what it's going to take. After the babies in um, Connecticut? I know, right? Is it Was it Connecticut? I think so. Sandy yeah. Hook? Newtown. Newtown. New, oh, was it Newtown? Mm-hmm. That was the element, the name of the school, I think, or the town in Connecticut. Well, I thought it was called Newtown Sandy Elementary. Hook. Oh, Newtown. Sandy Hook Sandy Elementary is, in oh, Newtown. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, we talked about pop. We talk about topics. I don't even say that. <laughs> um, after the <laughs> after the babies in at Sandy Hook, that honest to God is when I realize it doesn't matter. I know it right? doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I I say the seventeen babies in South Florida; those kids were teenagers. Those were babies. Yeah, yeah, that was that was tough. Um, and I thought something would change then. No. If it's true, and I don't know if it is or not, but that I've heard that the NRA is really struggling financially, and I think that if they kind of dissolve, I yeah. think that there's. I don't think I don't see it happening, okay. but <laughs> if it were to happen, yeah. I think that then there's maybe a yeah, chance. Maybe we're not there. We're not, and I'm pretty sure it won't happen in our lifetimes. But that doesn't mean we should stop fighting. I agree. No, I agree. So, I and agree. I, I will say that the kids from South Florida are doing an amazing job. They really are. I heard this one, The I can't remember which one of the, the girls, but she was being interviewed. And they were like, well, you know, what do you feel about the politicians who are using you for, you know, whatever? She was like, I don't care. I don't care. They're they're not using me. My cause is being talked about. Like, you, you try to, they. it was almost like they were trying to politicize the children. The adults are politicized or are taking their issue and politicizing it, but they're they're the interview was trying to politicize the child and she was like, Nah, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have me like that. Yeah. Nah, sis. I'm here to talk about the gun issues. I don't care who it is who wants to support me in this and right. how they go about doing it, but we gonna get it done. Exactly. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I lo- you're not gonna twist me up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Thank you.
Thanks for joining the conversation. We're your hosts, Andy Anderson and Naya Tang. If you like this episode, please follow and like us on Facebook at Shut the Door Podcast. Join us next week for another episode of Shut the Door.